Blog Talk Radio. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the land, Fox News warned its viewers of a dastardly plan. The liberals were launching their war on the season to get rid of Christmas and commit acts of treason, removing decorations out of their sight and telling you that Santa and Jesus ain't white. Environmentalists will come right after your soul. They hate all things Christmas, especially the coal. They'll sneak in your house all dressed in their flannel and instead give the bad kids some new solar panels. They'll take up all decorations that please us. They'll even go after tiny baby Jesus. Now all these Fox lies cause such a frustration. Who would save us all from this misinformation? When live from the net there came lots of chatter. Could it be old Saint Nick, or perhaps someone fatter? Broadcasting from New Orleans down in Louisiana, it was none other than Liberal Dan, coming to save the holiday season, busting through their lies with facts, logic, and reason. But I cannot do it myself, he exclaimed, so he called other groups, each one by name. On Christians, on Muslims, on Wiccans, on Jews, on Hindus, on Buddhists, and atheists too. Let's all spread the word and tell them indeed that there's no war on Christmas, just one on greed. So instead of joining this manufactured fight, listen to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You could also join us in the show chat at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan on the show thread. Or if you're listening after the show, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on uh, liberaldan.com or facebook.com slash liberal dan or at liberal dan radio on twitter so news donald trump has been impeached and just everyone so you know and just those of you that don't understand how it works still that does not mean he's removed from office that just means that the house of representatives have passed at least one article of impeachment the last time i checked it was they, they were voting on one and it actually and it passed. And now I think the last minutes or so they were probably voting on two. That's probably passed as well. So we have that. Um, and now it's going to move on to the Senate. And there's some various opinions as to what how it will continue at that point. A lot of people seem to think that it will be. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, the, the Senate's going to just vote and it's going to go up or down and, and the Senate's going to be like, oh, let's just get rid of it and let's not do anything pertaining to impeachment. Let's not do our due diligence. Let's not do our duty. We're just going to vote and we're going to immediately vote no. And that's the end of the day. And I need to check. I need to look into, look into more, more details about that. I'm not sure that's how it's supposed to go. And because the Constitution does 
While the Constitution gives the Senate the power to try the impeachment, the person who runs it, the judge, is the Chief Justice, is Roberts. Roberts gets to be the judge of the case, and the jury is the Senate. The jury, the Senate makes a decision after the fact. The, does the jury get to say when a trial ends, who, what witnesses get to be called? I don't think so. If it's a jury, then the, the attorneys for each side, I guess the attorneys representing the House that brought the articles of impeachment uh, will be the prosecution, and the defense will be the attorneys representing Trump, and that will be the defense, and uh, it will be the judge, the, the judge who determines what witnesses can be brought up, I guess, and, and one would think that the, the witnesses would have to be germane to the case, but don't think that the Senate's going to have much, should have much, if at all, authority in determining who, who gets to get seen. It, I don't know. So maybe that'll be a topic for the next show as to going into more detail as to how, how the previous impeachments worked, who got to determine the rules. And, but, but what we know as of right now, just the fact of the matter, Donald J. Trump is now the third president to have ever been impeached. We all know Bill Clinton was impeached, but he was not successfully removed, obviously. Uh, we know that what you call it. Um, Richard Nixon was not impeached because he resigned before the impeachment could take place. And then we have was it Johnson who was impeached because he violated a law that he refused to pass, and that the Senate I guess override the, the they overridden they overrode the veto and. He was also not removed from office. So nobody has been successfully removed from office with an impeachment, although you could probably say that had it gone through, had they actually gone through the motions and and did the impeachment of Richard Nixon and gone through the trial, he probably would have been removed from office as well with the impeachment, not without um, but it didn't matter because he saw the writing on the wall and he did the right thing for the country. And that was to resign. Uh, Donald Trump has, I mean, I'm not going to say that Richard Nixon is a, a paragon of virtue, by any stretch of the imagination, but if Richard Nixon had a little bit of integrity that was to recognize the fact that he shouldn't put the nation through this and that, he should just go ahead and resign. What's interesting, and, and that's a very low bar, and Donald Trump can't even clear that. But what's interesting is that of the people speaking today, one of them was – there was one who was talking about how, how could we do this to the American people. It's like it's – Chris, it's a sin because it's Christmas time, and, and we're putting the Americans through an impeachment at Christmas is – if the a holiday of, of one religion should dictate whether or not you follow the Constitution. But they did the same thing, if I recall correctly, they did the same thing with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was impeached around the same time. So 
you know, it's 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 just more of their hypocrisy. But you want hypocrisy? Come no further than the hypocrite of the week. This week's hypocrite of the week is Donald Trump, who in 2008 was impressed with Nancy Pelosi, but thought she should have been tougher with George W. Bush, and thought he should have been impeached for lying about getting us into war. Now, well, you know what's going on now. To see who next week's hypocrite of the week will be, tune into Liberal Day and Radio, Talk from the Left That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Block Talk Radio. And there you have it. Um, I'm very jealous of my wife, wife right now. Actually, uh, I'm she she's having some special cheese at Fogo Fogo de Chao, um, and I'm jealous because I love that cheese, and they made it for her because she's at a mom's night out thing tonight. So hopefully my kids are behaving. They should be. Um, anyway, they're they're in the other room, so it's fine. If I hear any screaming, I'll go to commercial and deal with it then. Um, so another interesting thing that Republicans have brought up and have said is that impeachment undermines the will of 63 million people. Now, why do they think that's a good argument? Why do they think that's a good argument? The 2016 election undermined the will of 66 million people. So, guess what? Deal with it. There are things in this government that undermine the will of a lot of people. The Electoral College undermined the will of 66 million people, and impeachment is going to undermine the will of 63 million people, hopefully some of whom have realized what a big mistake they made. But the Republicans are not going to want to see that, obviously. But it's ridiculous anyway. So I felt the need to put that and other thoughts about impeachment on Twitter. Now, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be celebrated and happy. I really don't necessarily think that, you know, I'm not, I don't announce his impeachment with joy by any stretch of the imagination. It's sad, honestly. It's sad that our country elected a leader who's so morally corrupt that he feels that he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants without question. He thinks that he is untouchable. He thinks that there's nothing that he can do is wrong. It's a perfect call. It was not a perfect call. And the, the, the sad thing here is, you know, had Barack Obama done this, had Barack Obama in 2011 had said, did something similar and said, oh, well, I'm going to withhold aid unless you uh, look into Mitt Romney, who is a who is a competitor to somebody who's be running against me for president. I want you to investigate Mitt Romney. Or I'm sorry, what Donald Trump was he implied the threat. He said, "Oh, here's this money that we give you. Look at this money. We're so good about giving this money." Now, would you please look into Mitt Romney? Now, what Donald Trump could do, what Donald Trump he would absolve, look. I would say, look. If, if Donald Trump wants to prove to me that he didn't do this out of a political desire to go after a political rival, 
but instead was literally doing this for the country and literally doing this to, to follow up with the, the terms of the agreement that Ukraine needs to look into corruption. All he would have to do is show me transcripts or whatever of two years before, one year before, when he took office. He was serious about corruption, apparently, serious about all this Ukrainian corruption. And, and had he asked in 2017, had he asked in 2018 for them to do the same thing after bringing up the money, then I might buy that it was done just for purposes of, the, of, of looking into corruption. And I would say, look, you might think that he was doing it for these last three years because he had the foresight to know that Joe Biden would be a threat in the next election. But you wouldn't have much, you wouldn't have a leg to stand on. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have much proof there to be able to say, look, you know, this is obviously political, when if he would have had two years more of as, look, you need to look into this before he gets it. You need to really seriously look into this, and you need to show us that you're doing something on this effort to look into this corruption because we think that this was corrupt and it would happen in your country. If he would have done that, then absolutely positively I would have 100% said, look, this is not an impeachable offense. Now, well, there would there have been others? Sure. Maybe at that point they would have gone for the emoluments. I don't know why they didn't go for emoluments at this point, because there's clear evidence that he is violating the emoluments clause because he was directing planes to go towards a weird airfield in Scotland. And what happens to be near that weird airfield in Scotland? One of his hotels. So now they have to pay tax, spend tax dollars at his hotel. And then the people have to use their per diems to buy food at his hotel. So if he's instructing places, and he's always staying at Mar-a-Lago, do we think that they're staying, that everybody who's there is staying there for free? Is there evidence of this? Is, is there evidence that, that Mar-a-Lago was taking a loss every time they stay there? No. They're probably spending money at Mar-a-Lago and bringing in money at Mar-a-Lago. It's making Whatever he's probably, it's probably all the money that he has spent taxpayer dollars on his resorts probably makes his his uh, his given up salary look like a pittance. Furthermore, when foreign governments stay at his hotels instead of staying at other hotels, that stretches the line of impropriety at the very least. And again, also should violate the emoluments clause because they're giving him something of value. They are adding value to his property that he owns, and clearly he can see that they're doing it. So I don't know why the emoluments clause was not part of the articles of impeachment. Maybe they wanted to do low-hanging fruit. Maybe they wanted something else to add on to afterwards. Who knows? If, if I had a much bigger podcast and had the pull to be able to pull in a Nancy Pelosi and ask her, why aren't you going after the emoluments clause? Well, guess what? That's exactly what I would do. I would ask her or anybody else, or maybe I should, you know, ask Cedric Richmond, um, who's my local congressman, who might be somebody who's better to ask, get his opinion as to why they're not going after um, the emoluments violations or the apparent 
emoluments violations. So anyway, let's go ahead and hit the first commercial block. Come back, take your calls, 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. And this is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Are you someone who is looking to get into the ride-sharing business, be it for a side hustle or a full-time gig? Are you currently a ride-share driver wondering how to increase your earnings? Are you simply a new rider looking for first-time rider credits? Head on over to RideshareDan.com for those first-time rider credits, sign-up bonuses for new drivers, and my tips and tricks to help you make more money in the gig economy. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the call, it's 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. I should say to join the show, not the call. Anyway, so before I do read um, the letter and give my uh, opinions on said letter that Donald Trump wrote to Nancy Pelosi, so let's go ahead and hit the... Uh, the words of redneck wisdom as well, because this one's also an interesting one. Somebody who I've been hitting on the past couple of shows, and well, this one, they, they were live at the, in that other show this time, so here we go. And now, this week's words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Well... You know, I'm a, I'm a states' rights man, and I think right. it ought to be done at the state level because if you, here's the, you don't need a law if the general public supports keeping it and they're active involved, actively involved in demanding that they be kept. Uh, I mean, I, that's that's the problem. We and I say we, the sons of Confederate veterans and all pro-Southern people, we have allowed the left. To set the narrative that all these monuments represent slavery, they don't. They represent an attempt of a people to be free, uh, an attempt of a people to have a nation, just like in the Declaration of Independence, founded upon the consent of the governed. 
that is what that represents. It represents the fight for freedom against those who tried to enslave us. And in fact, they did enslave right. white and black Southerners post-war. You have just heard more words of redneck wisdom brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. They fight wherever there's trouble. The Sons of Confederate veterans are there. This doesn't have the same ring to it as as the G.I. Joe theme song, but really, they fought for freedom literally in the in the when they when they each state said that they were going to uh, resign. Are each articles of secession? Stated the vast majority of them, at least, stated slavery as one of the reasons why they wanted to secede. You can't fight to secede and then claim you're fighting for freedom, for freedom for white people to enslave black people. It's ridiculous. The I don't know how anybody can say those words with a straight face, but you know that's why I have the words of redneck wisdom. Because, you know, you got to gotta listen to what that other side says so you can get a good laugh every now and then. Because holy crap. Woo! I mean, come on. And the whole, I mean, I've ranted about the, the myth of states' rights. There's no such thing as states' rights. States have powers. People have rights. Yada, yada, yada. So there's that, too. But I'm sure that would fall on deaf ears if I ever mentioned that to him. I, I was at work at the time, so I didn't necessarily feel like I could call in again and do the show. And, and I didn't know if he was going to be available to take phone calls anyway. But I reckon he might not have taken my words too kindly. Because, you know, I mean, I'm, I wanted to ask him. What I wanted to ask him, if I could have called in, though, and maybe maybe if Jeff's going to have him in again, I'll, I will give it a shot and, and find out what he thinks because because he, he was talking about some all monuments and it, it seemed to be talking about not just the monuments to Beauregard to Lee and to Jefferson Davis that were taken down in New Orleans he see by saying all monuments it seemed he was also referring to the Liberty Monument and to people who don't know what the Liberty Monument was there was a couple of days where uh, some people rebelled and, and took over the city of New Orleans and built this and, and this monument was built in, in homage to them and those people specifically built that monument to celebrate white supremacy. I'd look it up. So if if I can see and understand an argument of people who want to keep history. I don't agree with them because you can put up monuments to history in other places. You don't, they don't have to be celebrated. And these, and the monuments like to Lee, Lee didn't even want his mon, mon, statues erected to him or to anybody in the South. He wanted to let it go. So if you want to follow Lee's wishes, you would not have these monuments up there. Furthermore, as the way, the way white Southerners, one way that they were trying to slight black people after the Civil War was to erect these monuments in homage to the people who fought specifically 
keep them enslaved. And that was just one of the many things that white Southerners tried to do. So I'm not pro-South. I'm pro-America, not pro-South. <clears throat> people who are, quote, pro-South, as he claims to be, are people who are pro-that, and that's wrong. But while I can, while I can perhaps understand the arguments made by people who, who legitimately want to just keep them up for historical purposes. Again, I don't agree, but while I can understand that argument, I can't understand. Smash the Liberty Monument to hell. And if it isn't, it should be. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still fighting my cough. So it's not as bad as last week, you can probably tell. Uh, but I do want to go ahead and start doing my impression, my horrible impression of Donald Trump and his letter to the Honorable Nancy Pelosi. Um, and part of the, I've, I've skimmed the letter, and while there is clearly an emphasis here from Trump, like you could clearly see Trump-isms in this letter, there are some parts that the words are just far too big. He must have either used a thesaurus or had somebody next to him going, you know, give me a better word here. Dear Madam Speaker, I write to express my strongest and most powerful protest against the partisan impeachment crusade being pursued by the Democrats in the House. You know what? All, part, all, all impeachments are going to be partisan from this point out. Why? Because of the Republicans and what the Republicans did when it came to Bill Clinton and lying on, under oath about a blowjob. So you want to complain about partisan impeachments? You have the Republicans to blame. Just like if you want to complain about uh, the use of the, the nuclear option to break filibusters, you have the Democrats to blame. Both people do it. Again, Democrats are doing it now. It's sure. Is it partisan? Yeah. There, are, there, are there facts to back up the impeachment? Yeah. Are they, gonna, are they going to impeach the president? Yes, he's impeached. Are they going to remove him from office? No, they're not. I doubt it. Um, I, I would bet money on it that, they, that he will not be impeached. Um, this impeachment represented unprecedented and unconstitutional abuse of power by Democratic lawmakers unequaled in nearly two and a half centuries of American legislature. Uh, no, uh, it's not unconstitutional because they can do it and it's listed in the Constitution. It's not unprecedented, again, because of Bill Clinton. Articles of impeachment introduced by the House Judiciary Committee are not recognizable under any standard of constitutional theory interpretation, uh, um, except for the fact that Judge Napolitano, who up until this point, conservatives loved Napolitano. Ooh, Napolitano was amazing. Napolitano was somebody who should have been, by some conservatives, would have put him up on the Supreme Court because Justice Nap Judge Napolitano, as Justice Napolitano, would have been an excellent person who understood constitutional theory up until the point where he supported the impeachment of their president, at which point they threw him over the side. But this person who they used to think was a wonderful constitutional scholar is now like, you know, being ignored. They include no crimes, no misdemeanors, no, no criminal no offenses whatsoever. Um, well, actually they have abuse of power and obstruction of justice, obstruction of Congress are violations of the constitution. And therefore there you go. I mean, technically, if you really wanted to, you could impeach the president for putting the toilet paper roll on the wrong way. But, you know, because the Republicans made it a political thing. You have cheapened the importance of the, a very ugly word, impeachment. Um, it's not an ugly word. It's a word. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to do this. You have cheapened the importance of a very ugly word, impeachment. 
because he used an exclamation point because that's professional. By proceeding with your invalid impeachment, it's not invalid. You are violating your oaths of office. No, they're not. You're breaking your allegiance to the Constitution. Again, no, they're not. You are declaring open war on American democracy. They'll be the first one to tell you that we don't have a democracy, that we have a republic. But hey, you know, you dare to invoke the founding fathers in pursuit of this election nullification. It's not an election nullification. If it was an election nullification, they would be installing Hillary Clinton. The election will not be nullified. If Donald Trump is removed from office, Mike Pence will take his place as president as the Constitution prescribes. Yet your spiteful actions display unfettered contempt. See, unfettered contempt. I don't know if Donald Trump has ever used the word unfettered before. So I'm, I'm wondering if somebody came in here to kind of help him along a bit. For America's founding and your egregious uh, – if Donald Trump tried to say egregious, it would probably come out egregious or something, you know, like oranges and um, abominable. Uh, your egregious co- conduct threatens to destroy that which our founders pledged their very lives to build. I don't think our founders would have wanted someone – as president who bragged that they could just walk up to a woman and grab their vaginas, you know, Hey, grab them by the vulva. I say that would be quite terrible if a president would ever do that. That's what the founding fathers would say. My word, even worse, even worse than offending the founding fathers, you were offending Americans of faith by continuously saying, I pray for the president. Um, People are allowed to pray, and that you, you you can be a person of faith and pray for the president. Uh, it's fine. Um, God bless his heart is probably something else that uh, liberals and conservatives, especially from the South, will say. Uh, I'm not complaining about that. I'm when Republicans do it. Uh, when you know this statement is not true, unless it is meant in a negative sense, it is a terrible thing you are doing, but you have to live with it. Not I! Again, another exclamation point showing the uh, maturity and professionalism of the person sitting in the Oval Office, or I think having some rally right now of some sort. It's two exclamation points right now. Your first claim, abuse of power. It's actually abuse of uh, obstruction. Of, is it obstruction of, what is it, abuse of power? It's a completely disingenuous, meriless, and bayless invention of your imagination. Did he ever, have he ever said in, disingenuous? I think that's one of his helper's words. You know that I had a totally innocent conversation with the president of Ukraine. Oh, no, you didn't. You had a clearly threatening conversation with the president of Ukraine. And if, if he doesn't see that he was being threatened, it's not, that doesn't make it any less threatened. I had a conversation, just to break this. You know, somebody was challenging me into, into saying, why, uh, why does it matter if, if the two people, if there's no harm done, if the two people involved don't see any harm done, then why is it anybody else's business or concern? Well, and they gave me a good example. Um, let's say two people consented to sex. Both of them were able to consent, and none, neither of them are complaining about any of the actions of the other. But one of them was a boss, and one of them was a subordinate. But again, both subordinate knew what they were getting into and and even though it's it's frowned upon uh in many in many circumstances uh the the subordinate's not making a claim against the boss about there was anything wrong doing happening maybe they're both in love and they both fell in love after the the affair or whatever happened but the business might very well still say 
you're fired to the boss. Why? Because it was still an appropriate conduct for somebody to do. So even if the president of Ukraine didn't feel threatened, and even if Donald Trump didn't feel as if he was threatening, it still was a threat. It was still an inappropriate thing to do. And therefore, he could still be removed, regardless of the fact that both people are sent out. And also, Zelensky doesn't have the power in a situation. So in such a situation, this is why it's usually frowned upon to have bosses fraternizing with uh, their, their employees, the people who they're in charge of, is because the people who, are, who are, don't have less power in a situation are less likely to be able to come forward and feel free to come forward and report any wrongdoing that they feel have been done against them. So Donald Trump, who controls the, the money being sent because they have to check whether or not they're checking, following through on their, on their looking into any corruption, uh, Donald Trump is exerting his, the power of his office, and this is a newly elected reality star who became president, who now is having to deal with the person who unfortunately is the most powerful person in the world after Putin because Putin's pulling his puppet strings. But it's neither here nor there at the moment, I guess. Um, I then had a second conversation that has been misquoted, mischaracterized, and fraudulently misrepresented. Wow. Big words again. Fortunately, there was a transcript, it's a summary, of the conversation taken, and you know from the transcript, summary, which was immediately made available that after the whistleblower act made it known that such a conversation take place, that the paragraph in question was perfect. It was not perfect. I said, dear President Zelensky, I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows about it. I said, do us a favor, not me and our country, not a campaign. <sighs> of course, whatever. Who else does he have investigating Biden? I've went over that before. I then mentioned the Attorney General of the United States. Every time I talk with a foreign leader, I put America's interests first, just as I did with President Zelensky. No, you didn't. You're turning a policy disagreement between two branches of government into an impeachable offense. No, he's, they're turning an impeachable offense to an impeachable offense. It is no more legitimate than the executive branch charging members of the crimes for the lawful exercise of their executive power. No. You know full well that Vice President Biden used his office and $1 billion of USAID money to coerce Ukraine to find a prosecutor who's digging into the company paying his son millions of dollars. That is incorrect. That is one of the biggest misconceptions that the Republicans and conservatives have in this whole entire thing. The Burisma was investigated before Hunter Biden took that position. Now, whether or not Hunter Biden should be in that position, I mean, that reeks, reeks of, you know, nepotism and him maybe using his name to try and get a payday, but he was not qualified to have the position, but there are many other people who are not qualified to have their positions. Ivanka. <coughs> Donald Trump Jr. <coughs> Ivanka's husband. Um, sorry. I had a little cough there again. Um, and then after Hunter Biden was, was hired, after the fact, Joe Biden went to there at the behest of other nations as well. It was, he was kind of representing the wishes of everybody in the national community who said, yo, this person's corrupt. He need to go. So the use, the threat of the billion dollars of U.S. aid was to get them to do an action that actually benefited the world and not him personally. He was not investigating anybody's survival. And at the time, 
Hunter Biden's company was not under an active investigation. And he goes, you know this because Biden bragged about it in a video. Biden bragged about his ability to use uh, the threat of money to get a nation to respond, and that's fine. If you would have had the if you would have said, look, we have this money that we're, we, we provide to you. Now you need to play nice with the other nations around you. Yeah, sure. Fine. No problem. Nobody would have had a problem with that. Biden openly said, I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecution is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. Even Joe Biden admitted just days ago in an interview with NPR that it looked bad. It didn't look bad. Now you're trying to impeach me by falsely accusing me of doing what Joe Biden admitted he actually did. No, you did what you're claiming Joe Biden did. Joe Biden didn't do what you're claiming that he did. President Zelensky has repeatedly declared that I did nothing wrong and there was no pressure. Again, he doesn't have the power in the relationship. Therefore, he is unlikely to be able to feel free enough to be able to say that there was no pressure, even if there was, and even if there, <coughs> even if, even if he didn't legitimately feel, <coughs> excuse me, even if he didn't feel threatened, that still doesn't make the actions or the request a request that was good or not an abuse of his power, because he was still asking them to investigate a political rival. He was asking a foreign nation for help in an election. He was asking for something of value. That could have also been a violation of the Emoluments Clause. And furthermore, it's not the first time he asked a foreign nation for help because he also asked Russia for help in the 2016 election. So regardless of any pressure that might have been felt or not been felt, he still asked a foreign nation to help him win an election, which is crap. And then Ambassador Sondland testified. Let's see. Liberal law pressure, where is it? I lost it. Not once did Ukraine complain about the pressure being applied. Not once. Ambassador Sondland testified that I told him no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. Yes. Donald Trump told him no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. <coughs> after. After. Again, after. This whole thing blew up. At which point, anything Trump says is ridiculous. And only done to defend himself. Let me go ahead and take a break. I'm going to go grab myself a cough drop. Take your calls as well. It is uh, 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Day in Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. 
What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. Budgeteers.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Are you someone who is looking to get into the ride-sharing business, be it for a side hustle or a full-time gig? Are you currently a rideshare driver wondering how to increase your earnings? Are you simply a new rider looking for first-time rider credits? Head on over to RideshareDan.com for those first-time rider credits, sign-up bonuses for new drivers, and my tips and tricks to help you make more money in the gig economy. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131, 914-803-4131. I'm now armed with a cough drop. So if you hear a little bit of clicking here and there, it's the cough drop bumping around, but hopefully I'll be able to last the rest of the show without another coughing fit. So um, I hate that. I just hate when you, you get sick and then you're feeling better. Everything is feeling better except for the stupid cough that won't go away, won't go away, won't go away. Anyway, so everyone, you, I'm skipping some words. Oh, the second claim, so-called obstruction of Congress is preposterous and dangerous. House Democrats are trying to impeach a duly elected president for asserting constitutional based privileges that have been asserted on a bipartisan basis by administrations, both political parties in the nation's history. That clearly is not here. I'm going to just read those words. The second claim, so-called obstruction of justice, is preposterous and dangerous. House Democrats are trying to impeach the duly elected president of the United States for asserting constitutionally based privileges that have been asserted on a bipartisan basis by administrations of both political parties throughout our nation's history. There is no way in the hell that Donald Trump wrote that. No way in hell that he wrote that whatsoever. Under that standard, every American president would have been impeached many times over. As liberal law professor Jonathan Turley warned when addressing congressional Democrats, can't emphasize enough, impeach the president to make a high crime misdemeanor of going to courts is abuse of power. It's your abuse of power. You're doing it precisely. You're criticizing the president for what you do. And that might, uh, I mean, he was quoting Turley, so I still think somebody else is writing this part of the letter. Everyone, you included, knows what is really happening. Your chosen candidate lost the election in 2016 in the Electoral College landslide, 306 to 227. Now, they have to say Electoral College landslide because Hillary Clinton won the election by 3 million votes, and and Donald Trump won the election by 70,000 votes in three states. Had the 70,000 votes went the other way? Had Bernie Sanders voters who flipped to Donald Trump decided to just stay home or vote for Jill Stein instead? Guess what? Hillary Clinton would be our president. But, again, they have to use electoral college landslide because they can't really say it's any other sort of landslide. It's not really a landslide at all, but, you know, he's delusional. You and your party have never discovered – I mean, this clearly is his words again. 
You have developed a full-fetched crisis of what many in the media call Trump derangement syndrome, and sadly, you will never get over it. Is that a, a dirt on my screen? I don't know what that is. It kind of looks like dirt. No, it looks like there's something on the – no, it's on the, the paper, but it's not an exclamation point, really. It's not a semicolon. I don't know what it is. It just looks like a mark. <laughs> You are unwilling and unable to accept the verdict issued at the ballot box during the great election of 2016. Clearly, that was Donald Trump's words. So you have spent three straight years attempting to overturn the will of the American people. The will of the American people is to have Hillary Clinton as the president and nullify their votes. Your view of democ- you view democracy as your enemy. Uh, no, we would rather have Hillary Clinton, the person who got the most votes, be our president. So democracy is not our enemy. The Electoral College perhaps is. Speaker Pelosi, Pelosi, here we go. (coughs) Let's see, it's been going for two and a half years, blah, blah, blah. (coughs) 19 minutes after I took the oath of office, the Washington Post public story headline, the campaign to impeach President Trump has begun. Uh, There's also another story that was four days before the election that said that, that Republicans were already discussing how to impeach Hillary Clinton. So the Republicans have us beat on that one. The House Democrats introduced the first impeachment resolution against me within months of my inauguration for what will be regarded as one of our country's best decisions, the firing of James Coney, see Inspector General reports, who the world now knows is one of the dirtiest cops of nation has ever seen. Clearly, this is him ranting. A ranting and raving Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib declared just hours after she was sworn into office, we're going to go in there and we're going to impeach the MFR. Representative Al Green said in May, I'm concerned if we don't impeach the president, he will get reelected again. You and your allies said that all these things before you ever heard of President Zelensky of anything related to Ukraine, because you did impeachable things from before then, too. This is just the one that they're hanging their hat on. And it, it goes on and on and on. I mean, it's ridiculous. Very ridiculous. Before the impeachment hoax, I was it was the Russian witch hunt against all evidence, regardless of the truth. You were, I mean, there's no, I mean, it wasn't a witch hunt. <coughs> Donald Trump clearly asked the nation of Russia, asked Vladimir Putin, to help win the election. He asked for help, and they helped. You don't need more than that, whatsoever. If you truly cared for freedom and liberty for our nation, then you will be devoting your Vast investigative resources into exposing the full truth concerning the FBI's horrifying abuses of power before, during, and after the 2016 election, including the use of spies against my campaign. Spies. Okay. Oh, God. We're still have been deprived of basic constitutional due process at the beginning of this impeachment. This came right up to the president. Actually, that's not true. They were invited to, they would have been able to attend any of the, even the closed session hearings because he's the president. <clears throat> they have, they're being coy, trying to claim that they're trampling, that the Democrats in the Congress and the House are trampling on their rights, when in reality they're not. But they're just hoping that the people believe them. And he's not being denied the most, denied the most fundamental rights afforded by the Constitution, including the right to represent evidence, have my own counsel present to confront accusers and to call cross-examine witnesses like the so-called whistleblower who started this entire hoax, the false report of the phone call that bears no relation to the actual phone call that was made. Well, he revealed the phone call. We now see this, the summary of the phone call, and we know what happened in the phone call, and there's just a disagreement as to what that did happen in the phone call, which clearly was a threat 
implied threat of losing funds if you don't investigate your political rival. But you don't have the right to present evidence, to have your own counsel, to confront accusers, and to cross-examine witnesses during the investigative phase of a trial. Now, when it gets to the Senate, yes, you have the right to present evidence, to have your own counsel present, to confront witnesses, and to call and cross-examine witnesses, like the whistleblower. You can do that all you want. In the trial. Why do they think, like, do they think when, when, people, when, when people are investigating a crime, do you think that, like, that the accused has the right to jump in the middle and say, I want to be here while you're investigating it? <coughs> you have the right to see the evidence before trial. You don't have the right to influence the investigation unless you're going to provide them with exculpatory evidence which I loved when Pelosi explained what exculpatory evidence meant. To the, I mean, she could have just explained it, but she specifically called out Trump, and that's just amazing. More due process was afforded to those accused in the Salem witch trials. Unlike the Salem witch trials, we have actual witches here. Ooh. You and others in your committees have long said impeachment must be bipartisan. No. What, Hil- what Nancy Pelosi said was that in the absence of damning evidence, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, (coughs) damn, in the absence of damning evidence that you should have it be bipartisan, it didn't say that every single one of them had to be bipartisan. That's again you lying, Mr. President. And unfortunately, you still will likely be president at the end of this whole impeachment ordeal, even though I wish that the senators would be able to do their jobs without having partisan politics interjected and I'll get to that in a little bit this is nothing more than illegal it's legal attempted coup is it a coup if you're stopping a coup the Republican coup started in 2010 but you know I've talked about that before Um, based on race and sentiment badly what this is nothing more than illegal <coughs> partisan <coughs> Damn. This is nothing more than an illegal partisan attempted coup that will based on our recent sentiment badly fail at the voting booth. Okay, I see what they're I see what he's saying there. It's again, these are Trump words. Clearly clearly the lawyer stepped away from his paper. You and I just after me as president, you're after the time Republican Party. Well, you're the only one who's being impeached right now. So, you know, yeah, I mean, the Republican Party is lining up behind you. Well, most of them, at least. He thinks history will judge harshly, blah, blah, blah. Perhaps the most insulting is your false display of solemnity. You apparently have so little respect for the American people. You expect to believe that you're approaching this impeachment somberly, reservedly, and reluctantly. Well, I mean, she has been reluctant. She was being criticized by many people on the left for not impeaching sooner. She was lining up all her ducks in a row, clearly. Um, You're making a mockery of impeachment. 
Again, the Republicans are the ones who made a mockery of impeachment when they tried to impeach a president about a blowjob. Tens of millions of patriotic Americans, well, tens of millions of other patriotic Americans want this to happen and want you to be gone and think that you violated the law and abused your power and obstructed Congress. The voters are wise. Well, I mean, more voters are wise than aren't because more voters voted against you than for you. But that still doesn't mean you can't win because you can use this system that benefits you. I know that the American people hold you Democrats really responsible in the 2020 election. Maybe. There is too much far needs to be done to improve the lives of our citizens. There's a pile of, of past bills from the House that are waiting for Mitch McConnell to act on the Senate, but then he fails to do so. There's no action being taken on those. So the so-called claim that you have a do-nothing Democratic Party is a bunch of bull. It's time that you and the highly partisan Democrats of Congress immediately cease impeachment fantasy and get back to work with the American people. Um, they did pass the bill that was kind of a NAFTA 2.0, didn't they? Uh, and they passed, again, many other things that the Republicans in the Senate refused to pick up. So it's not them that's refusing to do their job. That's Mitch, Moscow Mitch, who is refusing to do the will of the American people, who voted in a democratically elected Congress, who gave the Democrats a majority in the House to be able to uh, do things like impeach the MFR. 100 years from now, when people look at this affair, I want them to understand and learn from it so it never happens to another president again. Well, let's just hope that we make the not, not make the same mistake in electing such a morally bankrupt person as president as yourself. And that will be one way to make sure that it never happens again. So... What have you learned today, boys and girls? Uh, the inane ramblings, mostly, I mean, some of those words were clearly written by an attorney that wasn't him. I don't think, oh, damn, I was going to, I don't think he has ever stated some of those words ever in his life, ever. Ever, ever, ever. <clears throat> Never, ever, ever in his life. But other words that he has said in there clearly were his words. And it just adds to the pile that is the uh, fire that is just his insanity. And it burns brightly through the night. The 25th Amendment option should be clear and available and should be utilized by Vice President Pence and the others who are responsible for, for taking that action when clearly the president is mind-numbingly bonkers. Anywho, I'm going to make that the end of the show because I feel like another coughing fit is coming along. So that'll be the end of this week's episode of Liberal Day and Radio. I may or may not have an episode next week. My mother is in town, and I don't know, I don't remember exactly when she will be leaving, but she's coming in Friday. So if she's still in town for next week, I may either postpone the show or just go ahead and uh, just cancel it for the, to be the next one in the new year. Anyway. I don't talk to you next week. Happy New Year. Otherwise, follow me at Liberal Dan Radio, Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan or LiberalDan.com. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.